So you got to remember at, the, at that time of us filming that, we didn't know what that was going to be. Like we were just two mates having a laugh. If you concentrate on the money, it will never be enough. And so I started posting haircuts and stuff on Instagram, and then all that YouTube shit happened and stuff. And then I come home and I've got a fully booked column in the garage. My dad's going nuts. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> this was one thing that was said to me, and I think my mum said it again. Was it's twenty? They said it's it's twenty percent skill, eight percent chat. Welcome everyone, I'm George Pitts, the host of The Motive. Today, I'm joined here today by Kem. Kem, welcome brother. Thank you mate, yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming, I really appreciate it. It's all good man. Um, so, so Kem, you've got Cuts and Bruises, you've also got Basement. I mean, not at the moment. <laughs> yeah, the barbershop. Cuts and Bruises barbershop, yeah, yeah. I'm the owner of that, yeah. And uh, you've got Basement 57. Yeah. Um, before we talk about all of like the exciting stuff going on in your present moment, I just want to kind of like hear your story, like where it all started from mm -hmm. and then see how um, we got here today. Okay. Um, well, I started when I started cutting hair when I was 15. So important to note that my mum's a hairdresser, has been a hairdresser my whole life. Um, she had a salon for 37 years. Um, and me and my sister were pretty much raised in this salon like, um, from from babies. There's loads of photos of us in the shop as kids and stuff like that. So, um, And as we got older, as my sister got into her early teens and then I got into my early teens, we would help out at the shop. Teas and coffees, washing hair. And it was a really fun environment. Like, I don't know if you spent much time in a women's salon, but <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a pretty fun environment. There's music playing, people are talking. It's just a real casual yet quite professional environment. Yeah. Um, I and I think it's something me and my me and my sister always kind of appreciated being around. Um, we we wanted to spend time with my with my mum as well, and she always worked. She had like Sundays and Wednesdays off. But and this was her own. Um, but this was this was yeah her own salon. Oh, nice. So um, so yeah, when I think I came when I got to about twelve or thirteen, I started helping out in the shop on weekends on Saturdays, uh, where I could. It wasn't like consistent, but where I could. Um, and then when I got to about 15, I think I started to realise that... Actually, you know what? I don't think I did realise that school wasn't for me. I think I always knew that I wasn't that academic, especially being around people like my sister and a couple of my older cousins who were all like doing uni and, you know, one's a doctor, two are lawyers and there's, you know, this... Everyone's doing essays yeah. and coursework yeah. and all this kind of stuff. You always found yourself quite hands like hands-on sort of person. Yeah, I mean, I was just more interested in playing guitar, music, skating, great being Not, creative. Well, like. yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if I'd even call myself that at that stage in my life. All I knew is that I wasn't that way. Fair, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't know what I was yet, but I started cutting hair when I was fifteen. I grabbed the clippers that were in my mum's shop. And grabbed my cousin Eden and cut his hair, <laughs> sat him down. He was like, he's, he, he's like my brother. Like, there's eleven months between us. I'm the oldest one, um, and he's very willing to do whatever. I, <laughs> yeah, he'd back it anything. <laughs> oh, basically, that's he? a true friend. Yeah, man, he's a real one. Do you know what I mean? So he sat in the chair and let me let me go ham on his head, and we'd do patterns <laughs> and like make it fun, and I'd try fading. And I don't know. I, th I don't know if it was all of the bad haircuts that my mum's my mum and her team used to give me that spurred me to want to do good men's haircuts. Nice, nice. But for some reason, I really took to it and I really liked it. And I think it was one little word of encouragement from my mum, like, 
you're not bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it <laughs> that was? That was it, that was it. You're not bad at that. And it kind of just, I suppose, spurred me on. And she she always told me that I needed to get out of her shop and go to like the West End if I wanted to do it properly and, and, and do all that. So yeah, I did. I left, I, I always had like a home set up or enough to do at home or at someone's house. Oh, okay. You um, get so that's what I was doing mainly. And then on the weekends when I was at my mum's, I would, whoever could come up to Stoke Newton, I would, because that's where it is, Stoke Newton Hackney. Um, whoever could come up there, I would cut their hair there. And the the Stoke Newton one, is that the same place as where you are today? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that, that I've taken, yeah. Is that, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, so... Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that's that's where it's, that's where it started. Work, working with mum and then you just really got a knack for it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I didn't, I didn't do any sort of personal, I didn't do any like professional development with my mum in terms of like becoming, she didn't teach me how to cut hair. It was just kind of like the experience of like being yeah. in the environment and... Yeah, I suppose I experienced the environment subconsciously, consciously, whatever, at what ages, but I never learned any, like it wasn't like I was my mum's apprentice. Yeah. I think she was encouraging me to get out of her salon because oh, it was because it was it was kind of set her her shop. You know, she'd had the clients for years. It wasn't a training a place for for anyone to train. Um, so yeah, I did. I left, found um, bar doing barbering when at that stage, at that time in in the world, there was no like everyone. I don't know anyone that's looked into barbering now knows about London School of Barbering and these sort of academies that are there now. Right. Okay. These weren't there when I was younger. You had one and it was an extortionate, it was extortionate to do it. So it, it's, it still kind of is extortionate to do it now. Yeah, to be honest. yeah. So the easiest route to go down was to do hairdressing. Go into a salon, go into these more professional environments because barbershops were always just like, you know, a bunch of guys having a laugh. Um, but going into these sort of more professional environments, learning the etiquette, learning the, le learning what you could as a junior Mm -hmm. uh, whilst doing like a college course, like an MVQ college course. That was the easiest way to get into it and the cheapest way of getting into it. And also working and earning at the same time. So it wasn't some unpaid yeah, yeah. apprenticeship. That was pretty much what happened thing. with me, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. In your, in your job, you would get more unpaid or whatever, you know. Yeah, you just have to yeah, yeah. Take what you get. Really. Yeah, exactly. Definitely at the beginning. Because... Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Did you? So you didn't actually end up doing some sort of course. It was more like the school of life that was the main experience. Hundred percent, the school of life was the experience. But I did do an MVQ. Oh, you did in the end. Yeah, I did. I did it. I did it for a year at Hartford Regional. Um, Realised it was shit. Yeah, yeah. Can we swear on this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> swear away. Um, yeah, realised it was just total shit. Because um, at I the time, I was learning from. I went to the salon at the end of my road. So my parents lived in Richmond Hill. I went to a salon at the end of my road. Went into the first salon. It was like a ten-second walk away from my bedroom, not even from my house, but you know what I mean, from my, from like door to door. Um, and just so happened to meet a great hairdresser in there by the name of Joe, who worked there. I think a few days a week, but also worked in Saks in Covent Garden, which is where they filmed Ten Years Younger. I don't oh, know if you remember yeah, that show. Back yeah, in the day. yeah, yeah. But it was like a huge makeover show. It was on Channel Four. It was a big deal. And he worked in Saks in Covent Garden there. So I just so happened, stumbled under him, stumbled across him. He was like, you can be my junior, like personal junior. I was like, wicked. Didn't know who 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 like, who like he really was at the time. But it turns out he was quite a big deal. And I had a great mentor there. Nice. Um, so I ended up working with him uh, whilst going to this bad college, realising the college was really not teaching not, me anything. It was anything. more about health and safety and like, mm what to do if someone catches on fire or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Then actually learning anything about the trade. It's too um, theoretical rather than like... It was very theoretical. And the stuff that you were, you know, you know, that you would learn in those colleges, 
were like, you know, stuff that you're just not going to do. You used, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what Hear I mean? That. Just t certain technical things that you're just not going to do. And I just found that I was learning a lot more from him. So I went down to a one day a week college. Uh, How old were you when you met him? 15. Oh, so that Six, was a, 16. That was a, 16. a great opportunity, like, to yeah. meet a mentor of that age, like, who mm. can kind of show you the ropes and, like, yeah. guide you through it. Yeah, man. I actually went to college first to do media studies. Did you? Yeah, that, so that was the one thing I did. I think I was in a bit bit of denial about wanting to do hair. Okay. And also what, kind of... What, why is that? Because of... Also kind of probably a bit um, probably a bit afraid of saying I wanted to do hairdressing as like a as like a straight guy in quite a masculine environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. why do you want to do that. hairdressing? Yeah. Are you gay? Like, you know, all these kind of like stuff that you just wouldn't hear these days or like so, so there's a bit of a stigma attached to it yeah that was i think so it was just back. like oh why do you want to do hairdressing like, i was i suppose i was afraid of what people was, were going to think mm. um so i went to do media studies because that was the, the course that i really enjoyed in school and i had a really great teacher and it was, was the one mr, mr. Cousins. cousins yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It. everyone loved mr cousins. yeah mr cousins great <laughs> What I didn't realise is that Mr. Cousins was great and not the topics, like yeah, not the, the subjects, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and 100%. plays a huge part in whatever you're doing. Massive. Right? Ma so, massive. I can fully understand that. Because yeah, um, I found that, like, the only two teachers that I actually got on well with at school were the only ones where my grades were going well. Mm. All the others, like, they didn't they didn't like me or we didn't get on or whatever it was. And it just so happened I weren't doing well in those classes so there's a lot to be said by having plays a massive part man massive you yeah you and how they get through to you and if they appreciate the way you learn and all the rest of it mm. right so i went to college to do that and realized that it wasn't the course that i wanted to do it wasn't that that like media studies wasn't what right. i loved although maybe it was but if i had a better teacher maybe yeah it, it was a person um and in that course i remember sitting in that course and i was sat next to a friend of mine a friend from school his cousin she just happened to be in the same class as me. And we were like, oh, you're his cousin. Da, da, da. So we just hit it off. And she was cool, man. She was like a really good friend during the whole like college period. And she was like, and we, I remember sitting next to each other in this dead media class. The walls, which it was just such a depressing place to be. And I was just like, you know what? I think I actually just want to go do hairdressing. And she was like, you know what? I think I want to go do that as well. And I'm like, let's go do that. <laughs> Together. So we changed, yeah, we went from Brox, uh, Hartford Regional Broxbourne to Hartford Regional where you could do that. You could like defer in the first three months oh, nice. or something. And we, we went and it was just such a brighter, more cheerier, more like, yeah, cool. This is what we're on a type place. sort of environment. Yeah. yeah. But then, like I said, after a little while of being in that first year, like, I was just like, this is, this is shit. I found a really good, like salon to work in with a really good hairdresser to so you actually left college I mean, so i left college went down to a one day a week just to get the mvq just to finish it fair fair yeah um albeit don't mean shit in nah. hands-on trades they don't mean shit. yeah any any employer wants to see what you can do right they, they or they want to see your attitude they want to see if you're if, if you can be molded if you can learn if you can you know if you've got that sort of you know, that knack. Mm, the energy like that you care. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, we even found like in our industry that people can have like all the qualifications in the world, but if they ain't got like the right attitude, like you mentioned, or like the the, the desire to want to do something, then the qualifications don't, don't carry you across the finish line. No, so No, it's not a degree. It's not like, it's not the same weight isn't put on a NVQ as it is a degree. Yeah. In terms of yeah, like, oh, you're yeah. capable of doing this kind of work or, you know, wherever I, I actually found some people that had less qualifications were more... More qualified. More qualified, yeah, yeah. more competent in what yeah, they were yeah. doing. So, 
yeah, so yeah, but it's a big thing now, um, like qualifications and making sure that you've got something to back up. Yeah, and I always thought that that's what it was important to have. Mm. Um, but given the hairdressing industry is actually not regulated, which is a good and a bad thing. Um, same with barbering. So there's no one. And what I mean by that is that it's, it's not like a restaurant where someone's going to come do certain checks, make sure mm. people have got their, you know, their, 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 yeah, their hygiene this, their MVQ that, or their qualifications or whatever. Do they like, not have anything like that for the barber? Nah, man, that's all. why there's barbershops on every corner yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's like right. anyone can buy four chairs and, and a shop and yeah. get a lease on a shop and just go, right, it's a barbershop. That's surprising it's not regulated. It is weird that it's not regulated. I kind of feel like it, I, I kind of feel like, Obviously, not being regulated makes my job running a business a lot easier. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. also, it being regulated would just cut out all these cowboys, mm. which there are so many of. Yeah. And at the end of the day, not everyone cares about their haircut. No, so not The cheaper passion. one sometimes wins, mm. which then can hurt a genuine business that actually wants to you know, do well by their, by their people. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's, a, that's a tricky one. But yeah, we, um, so I finished that, came out of that. Um, was did hairdressing for a little little while longer, always at a junior level. So I never had like a, a, a chair with my own clients with with uh, women's hairdressing. Went into Tony and Guy from uh, this guy Joe that I said I was with him for like two years in a couple of different shops, and then went over to Tony and Guy. Um, and Tony and Guy almost completely ended my career in hairdressing. Serious? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> because Tony, the Tony guy that I was in, and I met some really good people there. Some some of which I still talk to here and there. But that particular shop was it was quite small, but it had about twenty four staff in it, and it was like Jesus. It was like gang warfare in there. Like, it was chaos. God. Real chaos. There was like there, some yeah. real senior people that used to just piss off the younger people. The younger people were all like fighting for attention. They'd come in some days and there'd be like girls crying on the stairs for whatever personal wash or, so or professional reasons. But it was just like it a was a toxic environment. Well, I don't know. I don't know toxic, but it was just chaos. Like, yeah, it was, just was it? Nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if this is, this is <laughs> yeah, me, well, man. Yeah, like, I was one of only, I think, yeah, I was one of only five guys in the like five males in the in the salon. Right, okay. which wasn't an issue. Mm. Um, but it definitely set you apart from your your, your colleagues and stuff. Um, how, how so? Well, just in terms of how, in just how like sometimes other people treated you or whatever, or did they think that you're you're good at your job? I don't know if it, that was a man or a woman thing, or if that was just because of we were juniors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah. there was also a hierarchy with in in places like Tony and Guy, you only move up if someone else moves up as well. So if, yeah. when someone else moves up, then you can take their their place. Or if someone leaves, then you take their place. So it doesn't matter how hard you work. It's all about just, if is the, there space for you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is there space for you to take that position? And yeah. if it isn't, it's just like, well, you could be junior in for like yeah. five or six years. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not mm. here for that long. Well, you're, like, your face has got to fit. you got to like be, you got to be in the right clique with the right people. Yeah, just, I mean, maybe. maybe you're, it's, you're, like, yeah. you're, you're kind of fighting for a, your position that... I didn't even give it enough time to figure out the politics in that sense. Yeah, but yeah I think you, yeah, you, you, you definitely could be right, do you know what I mean, about mm. that kind of thing. But for me, I kind of just saw, saw the environment. I was like, you know what, whether I'm junior or senior or whatever, I don't want to be in this environment. It's not for me. And barbering was something I was always still going home after all these 
I'd, I'd work a whole day in a, in a salon and then go home and cut hair, my mate's hair, until like two in the morning. And Cereal? Yeah, my dad would wow. be going nuts. Because you know <laughs> yeah, I, mean? yeah, I was in the garage. Like playing all your music. I, I was in the garage, Clap. playing music, trying to create this atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Having a laugh with my friends as well. Um, but yeah, we'd be making noise and it was in my parents' house and... Yeah, it, but it was good, like, and it, it would happen. I would. That's what I would do. That was like my my life for a while. I'm sure he appreciates it now. Anyway, like yeah, I think considering he's, where you are now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he as much as he moaned about it at the time, he he does kind of reflect and go, "You were really busy, man. Like you yeah. one after another after another. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's incredible. So, so yeah. he, he saw it. Mm. You know what I mean? But he just likes to like. And we always that hungry. Like working two a.m. You got to be have a, a a kind of specific sort of mindset for like. Uh, like your age that you was at, like working at that time. I suppose if you were having fun and having a good time, like, mm. you know, balanced off with work, so it yeah. weren't too bad, but, you know. I don't know, you know what? I never really, hungry, yeah, I suppose, but like it was never really like a money, money thing. Mm. Like I was one of my, I was one of very few friends that was making money at that age. It wasn't a lot, but because no one else was making money, it was a lot. So I suppose I, 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 I appreciated that and I saw it. I don't know, I'm not sure if it was like a huge incentive. I just enjoyed doing it. Yeah, good. That's, I enjoyed the environment. I enjoyed the fact that I got to see friends and, mm, you know, there, there was that element to it as well. everyone, yeah. And also like, it's it's almost like, um, you know, especially when someone's really pleased with their haircut, like you get a bit of a rush, you get a bit of a buzz out of it. It's, you know, it's like a chef that wants their food to be eaten and, and, yeah, and yeah. wants people to say good things about their food. It's just, it's exactly the same sort of craft. Do you know what I mean in that sense? So 100%. Um, and the more encouragement you get, the more, the better you want to do and the more you want to do and, you know, that kind of thing. keep so, like um, reaching for that kind of like serotonin, like keep like... Yeah, I suppose so, yeah, <laughs> man. Maybe, maybe it was a bit of a drug type effect. I, I don't know. It was just something that I enjoyed as well. Um and was constantly being told I was good at, so it kind of it spurred me on to nice man to, to keep trying and keep doing it. So, so what you um, so you had left Tony and Guy at this point, mm. and then where did um, where did you end off after that? So I was just going into any barbershop that would have me because at this point now I'm what? blagging it. Yeah, well, really, I'm, bla- I'm blagging it. Like yeah. I've I've cut a lot of my friends' hair in the shop. I know the etiquette of a salon, so I've learned how to be with clients and then I had to treat people and I had to talk to people um which something came that came naturally to me anyway I think definitely from my mum as well 100% being in she was that person salon and yeah and I've been I've been raised with it without even knowing do you know what I mean so and I saw her interact with people and all this subconscious shit is all now like adding up do you know what I mean so um but I wasn't as good as I thought I was oh really I was a bit more confident it was more confidence than skill at this point. And but were they, you quite self-aware at the time to know that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, that's fair. Because they, I, I mean, this was one thing that was said to me, and I think my mum said it again, was it's 20, they said it's it's 20% skill, 80% chat. <laughs> Is that really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That nah, was one, nah, that I've was seen one, your post, man. Yeah. There's more than no, 20%. No, no. Now, it's, now it's all skill. <laughs> okay, fair, <laughs> Now fair. it's all skill. It's all and chat. all the chat's gone. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Now they ain't got, don't chat to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, um, that was the one thing that was said, is that if you can talk your way through something, and if you can, you know, if you can win someone over, 
then it don't really matter what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you know yes. what I mean? Because you can blag it out. Yeah, I was fair. meant to be there, man. Yeah. Nah, 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 <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it was always like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, you, I hear you find you. it. I hear you. So I was I was going into I was going into like high street barbershops, um, asking if there was any work, working, and just figuring it out as I went. Copying the guy next the guy next did, to Did you get much did. opportunity? Yeah, or you yeah. did. So yeah. I worked in um where did I work? I worked in Enfield. I worked in actually the first barbershop I ever worked in was an Afro barbershop in Edmonton. Wow, was it on Silver Street? Yeah. So a friend of mine saw that I was looking. She knew that I was looking for work. She was like, oh, "I know these guys. These are old friends of mine from the from the block or whatever in Edmonton. They've just opened a barbershop. Do you want to go?" Went there. None of them knew what they were doing. <laughs> Even better. None of them knew what oh, they were that's doing. Perfect. I think they had a grow upstairs or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The shop it was, was just there. a front shop. Yeah, man. They had some old yardy barber from Tottenham High Road that come down. Like, he was like our guru, so he like we learned everything from him. But I was probably one of the better ones out of the out of the gang there. Because was your skill set like compatible with that type of? Yeah, man. I was doing short hair, but like, yeah, Afro hair was not something that I'd really touched too right, tough. Right, right, right. But yeah. I wasn't unfamiliar. Right, fair. But again, like I said, I was all confidence at that age. Yeah. So it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. That's I was going to do, you could have put anything in my hand and I would have been like, yeah, I'm king of this. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, that's wicked. And then you start sweating when you try and do it. And you've got like guys going, how long have you been cutting hair, man? <laughs> like, while I'm cutting their hair and I'm just like, oh, bro, leave me alone. Let yeah, yeah, I'm concentrating. Through, let me get through this fucking trip. Yeah. It's taking me like, I've been here two and a half hours, but it's fine. So yeah, I started there. That went really well. Um, surprisingly and then I left there uh, went to a couple of barbershops in Enfield um, and again it was the same thing you know I'd, I'd I'd be doing what I do and someone would be like oh are you gonna are you gonna do this bit and I'm like yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean and just you pick it up as you go along yeah it's just rinse and repeat yeah rinse and repeat and then I worked with some really good um, I ended up in a uh, old Italian barbershop these two Sicilian guys and they were like my big brothers I was there for like two years um, and I learned a lot from them just from, because I was only doing people my age, you know, I was only cutting guys that were like my age. Then all of a sudden I had like these old boys and they wanted like little blow dryers and different little styles, but like all relative, do you know what I mean? Mm. All, like you have to know all this stuff. 100%. Do you know what I mean? You have to know all the styles. All that, to be able you've got to be dynamic. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, you've got to be versatile with it. So um, I learned a lot there. Before I knew it, I had like queues out the door for me because it was just it was a walk-in shop, so there weren't no appointments at this, at these at any of these places. And then I had like a queue out the door for me there, so I was like, okay, cool, I'm you know doing well here. And then I wanted to climb this this ladder that I thought there was of going into the West End and doing like really expensive haircuts. Right. You know, right. I thought the more I'm charging for a haircut, the the, the bigger the man I am. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, in, fair. In, in my trade. Yeah, yeah. So I went into the city. And the city was an interesting place because the city you don't work weekends as, at all. As, as a hair as a hairdresser or a barber, you don't work weekends. It's not like that anymore because the city's pretty buzzy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then, when oh. it was just all office, it was just like a lot of office guys. Monday to Friday. It's Monday to Friday crowd, and on the weekends it was pretty dead. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's... the shops wouldn't be open, or there'd be one person working in there or something. So that was cool. Yeah, you got weekends back. Uh, yeah, I had like a Monday. Well, I had a Monday to Friday, but Saturdays I was booked out at home. Oh. So I ended up just working more. I was doing like six days a week. That's wicked. So again, like it's because I had a few Saturdays off and I was like, having Saturdays off is kind of shit, man. It's, everything's so busy. Mm. Like I'd never had a Saturday off since I was young. Yeah. I was always working, even in the shop with my mum or whatever. Yeah, I hear that. And I was just like, you know what? It's fine. I can just work a few hours in the day and then come evening, I'll 
finish up and I get still get to go out with my mates at whatever time they want to meet up. It was like that bit of self-employment had already started for me and that was at like 20. Yeah, exactly. You were doing it from young, weren't you? Like Yeah, man. So I, was, I think at that point when I got to that stage, I was about 20, 21. Um, and then I moved into, there was this shop that opened up in the West End called Gentleman's Tonic and they were real high end like real high end 65 pound a haircut or something mad um back then as well yeah 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 so now it's like 80 90 pound a haircut wow wow yeah so and we had all the barbers had their own offices like literally we had like a i had a door oh that level yeah little room the room had a tv got whiskeys got bloody mary's wow um it was also grooming there was male grooming there so massages facials waxing that kind of stuff um, and they were in Selfridges, Mayfair, Savile Row. Then um, after two years of working with them in that place, in, in Selfridges, I was the guy in Selfridges. I kind of quickly became the head barber there that would do events and do, you know, talk to whoever. Um, I love how you've always had that kind of hunger, that ambition, because it's like every place that you've gone yeah, to yeah. has been like a bit like... The thing is, where I started so young, mm. everyone would always assume that I didn't know what I was doing. So it was always so important for me to put across that I am the guy. Yeah, right. I, I, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's where that that's where that came from because I was everyone was always trying to tell me I wasn't. So I'm like, I am the, the guy. guy. Yeah, you were telling me. I am or not. Yeah, you were <laughs> your number am. one fan. Yeah, yeah. 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 I kinda had to be because no one else was doing 100%. it. Hundred percent. And then it was, you know, as you kind of get going and you you know, if you've got that confidence and you're you're showing someone like, bro, listen, you're in good hands, man. Don't worry about it, man. They're gonna be like <laughs> You're the guy. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. It's fine. Exactly. He's the guy. Yeah, 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 it is. That's it. And that's how, that's just how it steamrolled. And then, you know, the skill caught up because I wanted it. I was working so hard anyway. I was putting the hours in. Like, and, and yeah, you never kind of let like, when you were getting it wrong, you never let that hold you back. You just wanted to keep yeah. get, no, getting better and better. Yourself, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You never let it like bring, it, bring you down a notch. Were there but any at moments? the end of the day, when you're putting that many hours in, you're not going to be bad. No, like, that's It's right. impossible. If yeah. you're working that much... It's only ever going to get better. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was never yeah. any gaps. There was never any... I never took like a year off to go travelling. I never did anything like that. What, was, was, there, was there ever a moment in time when you were like, oh, this is getting too much? Or No. No, you, you was just on it all the time. Yeah, I was on it. Yeah. So I just saw progress. Yeah. I saw more money. I saw more... Opportunity. I saw more opportunity. I saw better places to work. I was meeting new people. Like, Your skills was, were developing as well. Skills like, were developing. Like, yeah. There was nothing there for me to go, fuck this. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm out. this anymore. Because um, I can imagine, like in um, in that sort of like barbershop you were working at, like there it, there was a high standards. Like when you're charging what, eighty pounds for a haircut and stuff like that, it's like that's setting the bar high. You know for... what you say that, but once I got there, I realised that the people working there, because that's what I thought. I thought going there, I'm going to be working with the best of the best. And there was one guy there that was really good, and he did a lot of shows, and he brought me into a lot of shows, and I met a lot of really cool people from him. But the majority of the people working there were just quite very professional people. Right. They weren't necessarily really good. They were just good at the yes sir, no sir sort of stuff. The chat. Well, <laughs> or, the, or not the chat. Or not the, yeah. You know, just... Knowing when to shut up kind of thing. Right. Because right. it was more about the the postcode of the shop and the whiskey and the environment of the place than it was about the barber. Yeah. You know, so the barbers was all image. dressed in black and they were just a part of the furniture kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, right. Until I turned up. <laughs> <laughs> and the stamp, major stamp. Yeah. So, so you ended up becoming manager, uh, manager then? Well, no, I was head barber. So head I was, barber. I was just like, like the, the 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 top barber there. Right. Okay. Uh, the managers of them shops because we were all in our own rooms. 
the managers of those shops would always be the receptionists just because they could oh, oversee the shop. Is that what it was? Yeah, they, whoever can oversee the shop better and is looking at the the appointments is the best person to be the manager. So, so, so what does it mean to be like a head barber in a place like that? Head barber just means that I'm the preferred one for people to go. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. And if there's any events, if there's because the barbershop had its own um, product range. Okay. So we used to do events. So we'd put a barber we'd put a barber chair somewhere, and like animate a space and try and sell products or introduce our products to like a hotel, for example. Like I went to Copenhagen a few times to because the products got put into hotels. So I went over there to do shaves and teach either the staff of the place that the products were in or passers-by That's how incredible. to do stuff. So I was the guy that went and did all that sort of stuff. Oh, that, 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 was probably, that sounds like quite a cool experience. Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. And then they asked me to go to, um, then they asked me to go to Hong Kong. Right, right. Um, actually, this was the one only ever time that I wanted to do something else where I was just like, maybe I should try something else. I'd done the whole... Like I've worked my way up this ladder from Edmonton to Selfridges. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, hundred percent. Well, maybe, I, maybe I want to. Someone told me about being a fireman. Also, oh, completely different career completely altogether. Completely different altogether. Well, yeah. I say that. So, someone told me about a fireman's um, schedule, and a fireman's schedule is four days on, four days off. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this. Right, and if and I thought that's sick. I could do that. And, and still do the barbering, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know I mean, and not have to let go of Eva and cake it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, 100%. So like, that's yeah. what others do, to be fair. I think they yeah. generally take some sort of trade up yeah, and then like juggle the two, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So I think the guy I knew was a painter decorator when he was right. also a fireman. Right, nice. Um, so I was like, this, this could be all right. And I, you know, I could still do what I need to do and freelance with the, hair, with the hairdresser and the barber and stuff and then do that. And then as I got the, I think the stack of paper to fill out for the fireman was like on my desk and I went to do it. And then they asked me to go to Hong Kong for a week. And I was like, fuck these papers. Yeah, I'm going to Hong Kong. Let me go to Hong Kong. Oh, is it? Yeah. I went to Hong Kong for a week. Was that a no-brainer for you, was it? Yeah, because it wasn't like, um, I wasn't moving there at that time. They just asked me to go. Yeah. They opened up a shop there. They wanted me to do uh, a mall visit, a news, uh, a newspaper, a news channel, and to train the staff, so that's, I had some that's incredible. That's a great opportunity, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I had I had I had things to do while I was there for the seven days I was there. Right, brilliant. So I went out, did all of them, smashed all of them. Manager there loved me. Um, had a sick time. Hong Kong is a <laughs> is mad it, place, really mad place, and um, it's just like a really condensed, really happy. Everyone's doing like when someone says they're going to do something, they do it. And everyone's there, everyone's there at the top of their game, do you know what I mean? Whether they're in IT or a lawyer or whatever, like they've been brought out there to do what they need to do. Um, and the, the the culture there as well. The people you know, were like people, really warm in, were they? The food was amazing. <laughs> like the you know, there's beaches there, you've got, you know, and then you've got all the other countries that are like only a few hours away. You know, there's that element of it as well. Um you're like right in the middle of Asia being in Hong Kong. But Hong Kong itself anyway, that trip, that first trip, that week there was amazing okay um, and i got taken out every night by by my by the manager and by the other team uh, the staff that were there and they like really showed me a good time and really showed me around they were super hospitable um and i came back just thinking sick had a yeah time. exactly when do i get to do that again do you know yeah, what i mean so, so. Uh, and they were gonna i think the next trip was sending me to paris to do something similar to do like another product launch or some shit um and then I think about, I don't know, it must have been 
a few weeks after I'd come back and they offered me a full-time job in Hong Kong. The manager out there really liked me. She was struggling a bit with the team because she wasn't a hairdresser or a barber. She was um, from like a hotel industry. She was like from five-star hotels, right. man, like a manager. Um, so she was getting, she needed someone that was on her side, but that could address the team. So she wanted me to come out there to be an uh, OM, the operations manager. That's brilliant. To go and help run that shop. And was that a no-brainer for you? Yeah, kind of. I mean, at the same, I, I negotiated a bit because they tried to take the piss. Right, okay, yeah. But remember, yeah. the owner of this company is like ex-hedge fund, so he's not got anyone's interests in mind other than himself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's, yeah, a money, I understand. he's a money guy. Yeah, and I don't. It was, not, it was never personal. Mm. You know what I mean? I know I kind of always knew where I stood with him. It's, it's negotiating anyway. You've got to make sure you're getting the best deal for yourself. And this is, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like a no-brainer, but it was definitely like a... Great offer. Was there ever? Was there twenty two? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, as well. that's so it, that's like, shit. Like, not only are you asking me to go here, but you're asking me to, like it's quite a big position mm. to take on as well, like was, managing a shop. Was there any time like that was the job like for any period of time, or was no, it, it was just like, open ended? Up, up to five years. Up to five years. Yeah, because I was on a work visa. They were sponsoring me. All the you know, all that Sweet. was covered. Oh, so it was all taken care of. All my housing was covered. Like it was all. It was all like some big package type thing, you know. That's so, wicked. so yeah, it was. It was, but I had no desire to leave London. I was loving Selfridges. I was loving London. My family, my friends are here. I had no desire to do that. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah, I need to go traveling or whatever. Right. It was just a good deal. Opportunity. At the good time. opportunity. Good deal to go and do. Um, and yeah, it would have been ridiculous to say no to. Really? Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. like if you're gonna do anything, I mean, like I said, I've. I've I feel, I feel like I've always been quite aware of where I am at my life at each stage. And when I was 22, I was like, I ain't got no wife, I ain't got no kids, I ain't got no house, I ain't got no... Do you know what I mean? If I'm going to yeah, do something like this time. now, I'm going to... Yeah, this is this is the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I never went to uni, so I never had that opportunity to live away from home the way like a lot of my mates did with, with this uni. was your version of that wasn't it yeah, I suppose like, on steroids yeah. <laughs> and making money like all my all my mates that went to uni were broke <laughs> they couldn't yeah. do nothing you know yeah I, mean? I know that was that that is the problem with uni mm. like where people can go like three four years whatever it is yeah, and, you're living like a tramp yeah yeah but with this it was it was it was kind of the same but almost but also very different and, and like a very adult environment opportunity and you know, you know all, the, all the stuff that came with it man so yeah I went and did that and had a great two and a half years um, just living just it just working in this uh, yeah, new man. place and help building it up yeah help building it up again did more of what I did when I went the first week so like media stuff and all the kind, all that kind of stuff trained people met a lot of VIPs all that kind of stuff um, the shop was excellent the location of the shop was excellent um, Travelled quite a bit of Asia as well. Did you? Yeah, man. Vietnam was around. an hour and a half oh, away. Oh. Thailand's two hours away. Oh, Japan was four it. hours away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Philippines was four hours. Like it was just you, you take advantage of where you are. Um, Did you get much time off? Um, like when you was over there, or I probably sh looking back on it, I probably should have taken more. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I've always been quite work focused, man. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, when you've been working from like 14 years old in that, yeah. like in that, with that sort of mindset, mum, like. I've always, always taking my work quite seriously. Yeah. Like I'd never go out on the lash before mm. a morning, before a busy day. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas a lot of people I know would be like, oh, fuck it, man, come, you know, don't worry, you'll be all right, have a shower. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, yeah, 100%. Mate, I'm not doing it. Like, I've got a hold yeah. of blade and scissors and clippers to people's heads. I'm not doing it all mash up. Yeah, I think I, I would. One, um, once or twice I did it and it was hell. Yeah, exactly. I doing this again. I know. I was quite hungover on a podcast episode once and it was like, <laughs> I ain't ever doing that ever yeah. again, to be honest. So. Why I do it? Nah, nah, I hear that. Especially when you, like, when you, you're passionate about what you do and yeah. you enjoy it, like, you want to get the best outcome. Like from what you're doing, you don't yeah. want to yeah. be the reason why someone has a dead haircut or something like that. Yeah. Or so. someone complains or someone, do you know what I mean? And then you're like, you've only got yourself to blame and being angry at yourself is like the worst yeah. thing yeah. ever. Yeah. So it's like, I just avoided that kind of thing. Fair. But yeah, looking back on it, I maybe should have taken advantage a bit, just just taken advantage a bit yeah. more. Do you know what 100%. I mean? But I'm also someone that doesn't ever like to leave anywhere on a bad on bad, on bad terms. You know what I mean? No, don't burn any bridges type thing. Mm. And that's something that I've always, I don't know who told me that once, but it stuck with me. I think we all get told that at some point. But yeah, there's no need to do it. Do you know what I mean? All, you know, you stay professional until the last day and you, you, you know, what, you move what, on. Was move. there a moment, was there something that might have caused you to want to burn bridges at one nah, point? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I think, I think I fell out of love with the company. Did you? Right. Just, and just yeah, the way yeah, that they were doing that. things. But uh, that was not, that was not their fault. Yeah, fair. They're all, they've yeah. always, they've always been doing what they were doing. And I've always appreciated it as one of the reasons why I went to them. Hmm. But it's just, I kind of grew out of it a little bit. Yes. I wanted to, I wanted a bit more, you know what it was? So during the time you said you you see my YouTube stuff, right? So that video with all the views on YouTube, that was done by my friend Miguel. Right. It's the okay. Nomad Barber. The, yeah, yeah, I've seen his right. name flying around. Big boy in the industry. He's literally connected so many of us. He's like the yellow pages for barbers, <laughs> right? He's got um, a massive following, actually. Massive following. He's he done two world tours documenting barbers in different barbershops all around the world. And how they're different, but how we're all the same. It's a really beautiful concept, right? And like a really great YouTube channel idea. Um, so he was on his first tour. So we met in London. Me and Miguel oh, met originally. in London. Yeah. Right. We met in London. He was about to go do this thing. I was about to move to Hong Kong. Like we were both going to do these huge projects. Um, so he left. He was halfway around the world. I was what like. I don't know if I was a year or six months in to Hong Kong. And then we we were we were talking Facebook or whatever it was or Instagram. I think Instagram had kind of like just been born at that time. Right. Um and he was doing it all on YouTube. His whole thing was a YouTube channel. Um so he messaged me and was like, I'm in India, but I'm coming to Hong Kong. Can me and Mike, his cameraman, can we stay with you? I'm like, yeah, man, of yeah, course. Brilliant. And he was like, he was only doing like a week or four or five days in each place because he was on a budget. Yeah, so he came and he, to do. he ended up staying with me for like two weeks <laughs> just because it was the one place he didn't have to pay for. And, <laughs> and it was a fun place and it was good to see him and all the rest. And I had some space for him, so whatever. And um, so he came, but he was like, obviously we're going to film. So we did like the Hong Kong episode. He went and filmed a local Chinese barber in like a back alley somewhere. And then he filmed me and did like the whole interview and the perfect shave. That yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Seen. I saw that. Yeah. And so you got to remember at that, at that time of us filming that, we didn't know what that was going to be. Like we were just two mates having a laugh. As you can see from the video, like mm. as much as I'm professionally talking yeah, to the yeah, shave, right. we are having a laugh. Yeah, that's like, right. We are having a laugh. You I'm not taking it that seriously. You was young as well, weren't you? Yeah, like, man, you, you can tell. tell. You can tell you was young. I don't know as well. why I shaved my beard right before that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but yeah we were yeah we were young man we were both 22 having fun yeah having fun like it was, I didn't see my mate in ages and it, it was wicked you know what I mean we just did this video didn't know what it was going to blow up the way it did ended up blowing up he'd gone to a couple of shops in Singapore before this and the whole barber resurgence was happening at this time so all of these really cool tattooed barbers and really cool kids were just opening barbershops now and wanting to cut hair right so and this was happening big in Singapore like Singapore is such a small city country island place right but they jump on subculture like mad oh okay so like yeah. you would never think it but there's like a hardcore scene out there there's a rap scene out there there's a fucking tattoo <laughs> scene out there oh, wicked. there's a barber yeah, scene yeah, yeah. and it's like you just don't expect it coming from especially if you don't know it's there but it's there it's in the under undercurrent of it all is it right? right, so he'd gone and met some really cool guys out there, these two different barbershops out there, and they saw me on Instagram and on YouTube, and I saw them on Instagram and YouTube. So we connected through those platforms and was like, really love what you're doing, man. Ah, oh, you're great as well. Da, da, da. Can you, like, I said, I'm going to come out to Singapore. I've not, Singapore was like one of the only countries in the area that I hadn't done yet. And everyone was telling me, yeah, you've got to go to Singapore, it's sick. Went to Singapore, linked up with these guys, did a, I think I did a few days working in one shop and a few days working in another shop, which actually ended up being huge training sessions for these guys. Because it turns out, these don't know what the fuck they're doing. Really? Yeah, just <laughs> they've got the great the shops, they've got wicked shops and um, they're all mates. They were all friends from wherever they were friends from. But in terms of like actually cutting hair and shaving and beards like they just really? they were blagging it they were doing well, what I was doing <laughs> all them years when ago when I started yeah exactly <laughs> so I was like pay attention do you know what I mean like yeah. and they did though they were super hungry I'd be cutting hair thinking that I'm just doing a normal day's work we were guest spotting so this was something that started to happen with barbers like doing guest spots which is something we took from like the tattoo trade so like tattoo artists would go and work in different tattoo shops around the world in order to travel and oh, make money around the right, world right, right. and also grow their following and grow their yeah. business so barbers started doing it and i definitely jumped on that culture of Fair. guest spotting in, in different shops so i was like you can see what because of instagram now you can see what kind of barber i am you can see this is my level can i come work in your shop while i'm on holiday on my own because to be honest i'd rather it's... go work in the shop than do this shitty tourism stuff yeah yeah, yeah. You know i mean cool... go make some friends mm. talk to some cool people and then Network. afterwards we'll go for dinner together and on the weekends, we'll go do some stuff. And I've got a group of mates. Yeah, that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So I'd be doing a normal haircut thinking I'm just doing working a column in a, in a, in a shop. And I'll turn around, there'll be like 20 people, 30 people behind me. Yeah, like watching. <laughs> Taking notes. Filming. Yeah, really. I was like, okay, sick. <laughs> wow. Um, and I became really good friends with these two shops out there. And I'll tell you what brought it home for me was seeing how these guys were interacting with each other. These were all mates. They were like, they were, they were having a laugh. They were like, you know, not being unprofessional, but, you know, throwing stuff at each other. Through, through having the, like, fun. Just yeah, having yeah. fun, man, but yeah, like yeah. still catering to, to their clients. Mm. And bearing in mind, I'd been four years in, my, in, a, in a private room. Yeah. Thinking exactly. that I'm the man and yeah. I'm at the top of my trade and da 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 da. And I was just like, I, I ain't. Mm. It don't matter what you're charging and it don't matter what kind of room you're in. It's if about the energy. Yeah, man. If you're not like, if you're not in this thing with people that you want to be with and if you're not having fun and you're not smiling every day what are you doing and you're not learning as well because i'm not learning from anything being in a room by myself do you know what i mean then why then then why am i doing this yeah if i'm yeah. not like that all that stuff that i saw in my mum's salon 
10 years the, yeah exactly, exactly. all them years back I'm not doing that anymore I've kind of I've, I've found myself in this corporate environment of barbering and I, I'm like why am I this isn't for me it's not what I want to do anymore mm. and those shops in Singapore really inspired me to come back home and either well open my own thing or work in the right or, environment or work in the right environment yeah which yeah. I'd have to do before I opened my own thing anyway right fair um and then so so what you and did you, so you ended up coming back from Singapore did you yeah so I came, so I went back to Hong Kong because that was just a holiday from Hong Kong Singapore. right yeah came back from Hong Kong um and then I got news that my mum had had a heart attack and I was like okay this and she was fine like they told me after it happened and you know, my mum drove herself to the fucking hospital man like, oh, she's, really? she's a that, soldier yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah, fair. so it wasn't that serious I think it was more of a wake up call mm. um, regardless it had happened and it really put things into perspective for me in terms of um, what's important to you yeah man and like fuck I'm actually really far away from home Mm. like FaceTiming and WhatsApping like just don't ain't, don't cut it when something nah, like that happens nah. you know what I mean you feel very helpless don't you like? you feel helpless but you also feel like it also like hits home as to where you should be you know what I mean I hadn't really solidified my life in Hong Kong mm. you know what I mean I hadn't met a girl that I was like settled down with out there or anything like that I hadn't opened up a business although I was looking at it at the time I was looking at opening a, a shop in Hong Kong um, but I hadn't done any of these things yet and then that stuff happened with, with my mum and I was just like, okay, I need to go home because if I do open a shop, one, I need to be home. I need to be near, no, the, I need to be near the family. I've always been quite family orientated. Um, you know, we're both from Cyprus. We under, you know, our family. Yeah, 100%. Cyprus, so yeah. We, we get it. It's, it's, that is what it is. But also, if I'm going to open a business, who do I want to share that experience with? And who do I want to share those wins with? Do you know what I mean? Is it a bunch of strangers in Hong Kong that don't really care or is it my people back home? But you've got to be very, very careful who you um, get into business with in life, I think. Yeah, there's that as well, yeah. You, you know, some people can, like, you share core values with and mm. enjoy that that passion together. But if people have different motives, let's say, mm. then um, sometimes it can cause a bit of friction and uh, tension. Yeah, there, and, so. and, and Hong Kong, there was no way of doing, of opening up a business without... Um, there was no way of opening up a business without getting into business with um, some like maybe like horrible landlords or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean that even happens was, to me here. Do you know what I mean? But out there, definitely. it was in unknown territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just thought if I'm gonna if I'm gonna open a business, I want it to be an institute. I want it to be somewhere long standing. I don't want to open and close doors after four or five years because of short lease terms. Um, which is what the case was in Hong Kong. Like right. everyone was on a short oh, lease. Like right. it turns over so much yeah, out there. Yeah, very yeah. transient city. Too volatile. Yeah, well, just very, just very transient, man. Like one one minute something's doing really well, the landlord will see that up the rent. Next thing, that person can't be there anymore, mm. and then they move to somewhere else, and then that location is not not it. Right. So I like I was aware of all of that, so I knew what what territory I was in. But then when all this other stuff happened, I was just like, no, I, I think I need to go home and. One, just be at home and then just see what happens from there on in. Yeah, it's um, fair, man. You, you, you was, you've, like, one thing I've, like, noted from your story so far is how kind of self-aware you were, you know, like, 
it was almost like when you knew exactly when it was the right moment to change and do something different. Yeah. You saw it for what it was and you actually did that as well. Mm. Which, you know, a lot of people like, a lot of people like even working jobs they don't even want to do these days, let alone somebody going on that journey and being like, oh, yeah. I'm, I've outgrown this or I'm ready to try this out and do this. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, it's, it's quite a, uh, an awareness like that is quite unique, I'd like to think. To be yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I don't really, I like to think that everyone's like that. But that conscious, yeah. Yeah, or like at least making good decisions for themselves. Mm. But like you said, I, you know what I mean, we, we, we've both met and I think everyone meets people that are in like places, jobs, positions that they're in that they don't want to be in, but for some reason they can't, yeah, they see can't it. make the change whether yeah, it's or, yeah, make the change for whatever reasons everyone's got their reasons and mm. everyone walks their own path but like you like to think that hopefully people have one day get the have the courage or the the means to to break out of it and do what do what feels right yeah you know what I mean and so then that was you coming back from Hong Kong then so that was me coming back from Hong Kong came back from Hong Kong and then all of a sudden ended up back in Hong Kong because <laughs> I got asked to go and teach at a shop for two weeks Oh, really? Yeah, so I went back out. Like, literally come home, was home for a few months, just chilling, working privately. Like I said, that whole Instagram and social media thing had popped off. So when I came back home, loads all of, of a sudden, people, loads of people wanted haircuts oh, from me. That's really so good. So I was like, first, that was a first, um, the first sign of the power of social media. Yeah. And what that can do for my trade. Because I remember sitting, I remember being with one of my mates in Hong Kong and I'm cutting his hair and he's a tattoo artist from Poland. And he's, I'm cutting his hair and he's like, man, you need to jump on this Instagram. And I'm like, brother, I do not take pictures of my lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do I need Instagram? Because that's yeah, what Instagram was when it I first know, popped up. It was just people taking dumb pictures. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't take pictures of my And he was like, nah. And he goes, listen, I'm from Poland. I'm in Hong Kong, fully booked. He was it's like, 80% of my work comes from Instagram. Yeah. It's all free marketing though, isn't it? But that's what it is. But yeah. it's, And it's also, the, you know, the world at your fingertips mm. as well, right? So... I was like, uh-huh, okay, yeah, maybe you've got a point. So I started posting haircuts and stuff on Instagram and then all that YouTube shit happened and stuff. And then I come home and I've got a fully booked column in the garage. My yeah, dad's going nuts. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> but like, it kept me afloat, you know what I mean? And 100%. I was back home. Do you know what I mean? It was what it was. But yeah, I ended up back out there for a couple of weeks. It, was that just a no-brainer to go back out there? Yeah, man, it was a highly paid teaching oh, gig. So was, I was it? Like, yeah. Oh, brilliant. And also I get to go see all my mates in Hong Kong. Yeah, again. For, yeah. I was one of the first out of the big group, out of like the group of mates that I had in Hong Kong. Everyone's back now. Like no one, no one that I'm still in contact with is still living in Hong Kong. Right. Again, like I say, people come and go from Hong Kong so much. So I went back, did a, did a couple of weeks training with this, with this, um, with this barbershop out there. Um, uh, saw my friends party a little bit whatever come home got asked again go Singapore three months now for the same sort of gig went out there did that came home um, and then I was like I gotta stop doing this because this is not what this is not who I want to be this is not, I don't want to be this travelling barber teacher that helps everyone else <laughs> set up yeah. their shops you yeah. know what I mean yeah, like I want to do it for myself Self, yeah that makes um, sense so I thought I've got to, I've got to like, just start saying no to this shit if it comes up again Um and then, so, so a month later, you were back in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, no, so then I sat still for a bit, got a shop in, um, started working for a shop called Rocket, and they were based in Hackney on Hackney Road. Went up, to, went up there. Was there four days a week and one day at home because I was really busy at home still. So why, why Rocket? Like, why did you go there specifically? So Rocket was when I came back. Rocket was the one shop that reminded me of those cool shops in Singapore. 
Right. Like they had identity, they had personality, they had attitude. Character. Yeah, they had character, they had all that sort of stuff. And the guys working in there were all super cool, really good at what they did. Um, but like just super cool cats, you know what I mean? Just like proper people that I could get on with, you know, and I met the owners, super cool guys. It was funny because when I met them uh, in the interview, it was weird. It was the first time again that this whole Instagram stuff was like paying off kind of thing, I suppose, because I'd met them and I was like, I've seen you guys on Instagram. And they were like, we've seen you on Instagram. And I was like, oh, sick. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yeah, we definitely want to work together. Like They were like, yeah, we'd be happy to have you. When can you start? Whatever. Um, and they were like, oh, you're... And I said, well, I can only do a few days with you because you're a bit far from home for me. Um, where, where were you living with mum and dad? Yeah, I was in Witchmore Hill, yeah. So I was just like, you're a bit far from me, but I can do like three, four days. And they were like, oh, you're in North London, yeah? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, we're opening an up our second shop in North London. And I was like, yeah, where? And he was like, oh, we can't tell you, can't tell you. And I was like, tell me, man. <laughs> I was like, where? Because I knew I was going to open a shop soon. Right. I just knew that I wanted to work with, with these guys yeah, in the meantime. Yeah, fair. Um, and he was like, and he was he was like, nah, keeping it all hush. And I was just like, tell me. He was like, Stoke Newington. I was like, fuck off. Where in Stoke Newington? And he was like, ah. I, was like <laughs> I was like, tell me, man. He was like, he was like, he was like, on the high street. I was like, fuck off the high street. That's where my mum's salon is. Right, right. And I knew that eventually once my mum hung, hung the scissors up, like I was taking that shop. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. when it was going to be. Right, right. But you always but, envisioned that, yeah? Yeah, well, we, we knew it was happening. Yeah. My mum owns the salon, do you know what I mean? So yeah, it made sense. Like, owns the owns premises, so we knew it was going to happen. Just didn't know when. Because my mum was, she went back to work after the after the health stuff. Right. Um, she was fine. And... Rightly so, she wanted to prove to herself that she was good and, you know, everything else. And it was important that she did that. Mm. But we just didn't know when, when the retirement was going to come. So I told them, I was like, look, this is the situation. If you still want me to work with you guys, if you don't want me to work with you guys, you I understand. understand yeah. You're basically employing your competition eventually. <laughs> and they were like, ah, we don't care about that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I was like, sick, you guys are wicked. Yeah, it doesn't have to calm. be animosity between shops. Nah, that's right. You know what I mean? Or like, with any competition, really. Yeah, yeah, man, like nothing's competition. We all got yes. How many people are in London, man? We can all eat. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's how I've always seen it. Unless Same. someone's a snake. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They want too much unless food someone, for themselves. Yeah, but unless someone just goes about it wrong. Mm. You know, like we were talking about earlier about, have, you know, when you leave companies. Yeah, and like burning that, bridges. Burning like. bridges and all the rest of it. Like, if you're a prick about it, mm. then yeah, cool. There's there's going to be animosity. There's going to be bad bad blood. Mm. But if you're not and you're cool and you appreciate that London's a huge place, enough for everyone to do well in. Yeah. And bounce off, may I add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It makes it sense. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be bad. So, And that's how these guys took it. And I, I knew that that's how they, that these guys were good guys. So I worked in Hackney Road for a little bit. When they opened up the Stoke Newton shop, they actually even put me in the Stoke Newton shop. Wow. So I was working there for about a year. Um, and then I was in, I was in Poland doing another guest spot at another really oh, cool wow, shop. Oh, wow, wow. Still getting about. Yeah, man. Still um, in, in Krakow. Um, again, connected with the shop that was out there. Really cool guys. Went out. I haven't been to Krakow. I've done three days out there working. Met the guys. They took me out. Sick. I'm in my hotel. Get a phone call from one of the owners of Rocket. And he was like, bro, we've just found a shop on Hackney Road. But like at the top of Hackney Road near Shoreditch like near Shoreditch Church right. and Browns and all that. And I was like, <laughs> and he was like, uh, 
He's like, yeah, we found a shop. And I trust these guys, yeah. Like, these guys are really nice people and they've made really good decisions for themselves. So they're telling me they found a shop on Hackney Road. Do I want it? And I'm like, is it good? And they're like... For, for you? For me. Oh, for you. Yeah, right, for me. Because right, like, okay, yeah. they knew that I was ready to open it. Okay, for, uh, wow. You know, out, of, so, out of all the team that yeah. was there, they knew that I was ready to run to run yeah. a business. Given everything, you know. They, and plus, we'd like we'd been watching each other for the last couple of years on Instagram and stuff. Mm. So they were like, do you want it? And I was like, "If listen, if you say it's good, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. And they were like, it's good. I was like, get the keys. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I literally come back from Hong Kong and started work, ripping out this shop with these with 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 the guys. It was, it was, um, sorry, not Hong Kong, Poland. Came yeah. back from Poland and started rip, ripping out this shop and just started getting to it. And it was like, literally couldn't have been, but it was a such a, <laughs> it was a dodgy deal this. And I didn't know <laughs> until I got it. So bearing in mind, yeah, that these boys are from Nottingham. Right. And they, uh, I suppose they don't know the communities in London too well. And also they weren't being prejudice or anything which is mm. good of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas i would have been like this well, dodgy bastard yeah, you gotta be a bit wise you gotta be a bit wise yeah that's all it is so um he's got it i've met the landlord once i'm there and i'm like boys are you sure about this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He had dodgy the energy all over. yeah the energy was and off. you know what the deal was with the shop <laughs> the deal with with the shop was there was this huge desk so you walked in it was only a small little narrow shop here and there was this huge plywood desk right at the door, proper eyesore. We're not allowed to move that desk. I said, why? Oh, basically, you're sharing the shop with people. I'm like, what do you mean I'm sharing the shop? The whole shop's kitted out, barbershop. Chairs, yeah. chairs, chairs, all my artwork everywhere, prices on the wall. But this big desk, I can't move. I said, what do you mean I'm, said, what do you mean I'm sharing the shop? Well, there's, these lot run minicabs. Oh, God. So, These are run minicabs. So you can have a minicab. From 8pm till 5 in the morning, Wednesday to Saturday. Right. But five days a week, it's... But in the in the daytime, it's not doing anything, this shop. So from... I, my hours were 11 till 8. So from 11 till 8, it was me. When I was finishing up and closing up, these boys would come in mm. and sit at, the, sit at this desk. And the shop would be open like 24 hours. 24 hours, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was like literally right, right bang, not, slap bang in the middle of Shoreditch. I mean, it's not an ideal situation. Not at all. <laughs> no, no. Did you, did you I, still went, go with it or? Well, I don't, we already had it. Yeah, point. so and I was oh, just what, like, you only found out after? Yeah, I found out after. And oh, I was just that's... like, they were like, yeah, but it's not a big deal. These guys are cool. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, like, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's my first shop. Like, yeah. it might... And also, it wasn't a rocket. It was cut. This is when Cuts and Bruises was born. Oh, so it was so all was, your entity so as well. Me. It's all me. It's, these boys are literally just like business partners at this did, stage. Did you, did, oh, um, did you actually name it Cuts and Bruises? Yeah, yeah. So I came up with Cuts and Bruises. I came up with a name in... In uh, in Poland, <laughs> right? Well, how did you how did you come up with the name? I don't know, man. It just felt right. It just did it? Yeah. it just felt right. Given everything, if you don't pay the bill, bit. you're gonna leave with cuts and bruises. Yeah, all that. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But no, it just felt right. It, it represented. It, I suppose it represented the come up, and um, I wanted this tattoo element to it as well. So I was sick of barbershops looking like barbershops. I wanted my barbershop to look like a tattoo parlor. Because every tattoo parlor I went into was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all the decor, all the little you, trinkets. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, man. So I was just like, I'm sick of barbershops looking like fucking, just like movie posters everywhere. Mm. And, you know, dead stuff like that. I was like, I kind of wanted to have some flavour. I, I wanted to be another one of my passions that I'm not doing. Do you know what I mean? But can I can put it on the walls. I've run out of room on my body, so I'll <laughs> put it on the walls, right? So, uh, yeah. So this is where Cuts and Bruises was 
was was born. So it wasn't under the Rocket brand. It wasn't, you know, it was my thing. I'm not saying that these guys were snaky at all. I think they thought it was all quite innocent. Oh, right. Okay, dude. Um, yeah, f- yeah, it's fair. But it weren't innocent, bro. Nah, <laughs> it nah. Having Mini, dodgy cabs. Yeah, so. dodgy cabs. They were proper <laughs> dodgy cabs as well. Um, the landlord tried to, you know, without getting into it too much, the landlord tried to up my rent after the first six months. Yeah, did he? And be like, oh, yeah, I can't be here anymore, mate. So your rent's going to have to go up. And I'm like, get fucked <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean yeah yeah you can't just drop a bombshell yeah like I'm midway through business you kind of waited for me to get to a point where get business is good I've got all then... chairs running everyone's busy mm. do you know what I mean and now you're telling me oh I can't run my cabs from here anymore so your rent's got to go up yeah yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like you're a yeah that ain't do you know what yeah. I mean you're a prick mm. Um, so I found another shop in Hoxton yeah, on Hoxton, that weren't yeah. even negotiable for you, was it? Nah, I was like, fuck off. Yeah, not, no way am I bending over to this. At one point, we were gonna we were gonna buy the shop off him, like buy the lease. Oh, the him. actual lease, okay. Um, but we could only do it in dribs and drabs, and he couldn't do anything with dribs and drabs. So he was like, nah. And plus, I did not want to give this guy any money. As yeah, well. I just thought, <laughs> fuck you. You know what I mean? Even if I had the money, I don't wanna... <laughs> he still didn't even want. Yeah, because <laughs> you know I mean? of all the, all the moves asshole. he was making. Yeah. yeah, man. So like, I just wanted to, I wanted to cut clean from him. Um, so. Found another shop in Hoxton, on Hoxton Street, near the post office down there. And it was a similar size to the one that I had. And it was like, what, 10 minute walk from where I was? And I was like, yeah, set up the set up the thing, set up the arranger um, thing so that I, it can try and be a clear, um, like a transition. Yeah. And then I don't really like telling my parents about my business moves. You don't? No, I tell them after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't want too much insight. Yeah, uh, I I don't want too much. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every fucking problem with it. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I'm just. I tell him after. So I call my dad. I let him know what's going on. Was it? Was that the right thing to do in your opinion? Tell him after. Yeah, we. I told him after. I mean, I hadn't got the shop in Hoxton yet. I just set it up. And I call him, and I'm like, "This has happened with this fucking guy at this shop. He's up my rent. He's." and he's like oh, I told you about these <laughs> <laughs> right, cool. good old don't dad. need that right now yeah, you know yeah, good old dad. but listen I found I found this other shop should be a quite smooth transition it's fine he's like don't do nothing like, what do you mean don't do nothing don't do nothing your mum's going to retire and I'm like yeah but you know we're not we don't want to push her out do you know what I'm saying or mm. put any yeah, pressure yeah, yeah, I hear that like, you know I mean? that, this is shit that I, what's, uh, what's happened he was like listen it's going to happen next year anyway he was like, it don't matter, we do it now. He was like, it makes sense. Oh, wow, really? He was like, it makes sense. And I'm really? like, yeah, yeah, it does make sense. But yeah. also, like, <laughs> 100% it makes sense. Did you know was your mum all right with it, though? Yeah, listen, my mum's my mum's salon was not the salon it was right. 20, 30 years yeah, prior. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. it's a tough it, industry, it had, man. Got... Well, yeah, but it's also like, there takes a certain energy to keep the uh, a shop at a certain, you know, in keeping with the times yeah, and, da, 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 and all this yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think the that had died a little bit. Right. It, my mum still loves hair. And yeah. Still, still sure. does it here and there. Mm. But I think in terms of running the business, and in terms of what that, that is a, it's a big it's shop. A lot, it's, it's, it's a big shop as well. Yeah, it's yeah, some yeah. Little two chair shop. But it's you know a lot. I mean? it's, it's like when you're like you even said it earlier about like you've got to do the admin, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Like it's not just sitting there cutting people's hair for it. You can do the job very simply. Yeah, you can do it very yeah, simply, yeah, exactly. very black and white. But if you want it to make you make you substantial money and be a proper business that you can walk away from, as well, on it, like, yeah, bro, you got to be on it. And I think that just 
that just dies down a little bit as as you get maybe yeah. a bit older, or maybe it was never there in the first place. Mm. Either way, this was the situation. Sure, it was. I'm sure it was. I'm sure. Yeah, I think it, ba- ba- I, I remember based. a time back in the day when I was younger and there was like eight, six, seven, eight people working. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah, buzzing. Yeah, do you yeah. Know what I mean, fair. Um, but yeah, whatever. Uh, we're, so, you know, so you, we're, we're at where we're at at this so stage. So you retired your mum, basically. Yeah, 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 kicked her out. <laughs> Get out! Oh, bless, yeah. bless her. Yeah, um, uh, so, so, and then you and you took over and you took over. I gutted the whole place. Yeah, gutted yeah, the whole you? gutted the whole gaff basement and shop, um, and turned it into cuts and bruises. What it is now? Moved literally moved it overnight. Left this guy with nothing. I told him, I was like, you, I said, I said, here's your notice. When I'm gone, I'm gone. That's it. And I literally, me and all the boys. And the removals guy that I had, <laughs> all three chairs overnight, moved it into the new shop. Didn't which, take his table now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking smashed that thing up. Took everything, um, took everything, moved it into the new shop and literally opened up the next day. Wow. wow did started, you? started. So all the clients so, that we had, we just sent messages. So, like, so, so much for not burning bridges like this oh, one. That, bridge, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. that bridge could burn. man. <laughs> <laughs> The sun bridges you, yeah, it should you burn. Wish you'd yeah. never come across. You know yeah, but you know what? It all is mad because it all worked out. My, my, my sister had uh, my sister and her hus- husband had a had a baby. I think the same, the the year after. Um, so like that, twenty seventeen as well, the twenty eighteen. So my parents were ready for that. My dad had already retired. What did What did your dad do? My dad was uh, he worked for Haringey Council. Oh, did he? Yeah, so he was already a year retired. My sister had just fell pregnant. My mum need, needed to retire, one for her health, and two to now look after the grandkids. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know Which I'm sure, I'm sure she took great joy in that. Yeah, so it kind of I don't know. All the pieces fell, you know, fell in place in the end. And I was actually doing something good with this premises now. Like it was busy again, and it was running, and it was, you know, six chairs and all the rest of it, and a tattoo parlor in the basement and. That's amazing. That I opened up with a friend and stuff, and yeah, man, it was it was, it was all it was all going really well. Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And yeah, the, the so and how did the tattoo side of things? Um... So tattoo the tattoo side of things was a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine who's a very talented artist for for years. I said, you know, you know, this shop is going to be mine. It's got a basement. I'd love for it to be tattoo, and you know, this dream was all kind of coming together. And he mm. was like, yeah, man, we can do it. And he'd never owned his own shop, but he'd managed a few. I think just, you know, everyone has different opportunities in life and the opportunity just maybe didn't come to him. So I was like, I'm going to build this whole bar, this whole tattoo shop for you. You're not going to have to put a dime in. Just work there, manage the business and we'll come up with some sort of deal and it will all be cool and the whole dream will come together. Excuse me. And there was a time where for about a year it was working. Mm. But this friend that I'd gone into business with, and it's one thing my dad said to me, there's no friends in business. And there's no true words, bro, because there is no friends in business, right? But I stubbornly and idealistically did not want to believe that, right? Because I'm a bit of an idealist. Yeah, yeah and, uh, I'm like that as well. Yeah, well, you want to think the best, you know? Yeah, I mean? optimistic. optimistic and yeah. All the rest of it, yeah. So we started this thing and I, start, I, I think I slowly started to realise, and this is, he's a great guy, this guy. But I think I slowly started to realise why he'd never owned his own shop. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just in terms of the way he was running. I think just the way 
we both viewed running businesses were, were two very different things. I'd come, we'd both come from very different places, very different examples of what how a business should be run and what it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hear that. And it's not something that I fully considered. No. When, when, when launching the thing. And also he had no monetary input in the, in the project. Mm. So him walking away or just going, I don't feel like doing this today, was not a thing for him, right? Yeah. Because he's got no investment. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, so many lessons learned. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I know. The, I time. know. the thing but, is, you don't know these things until you try them. Like, it could have gone any yeah. anyway. Like, it could have gone either way. Yeah. You know, so it's just... Well, you know what? Hindsight's a wonderful thing, Instead of my it? dad being so vague, <laughs> he could have sat me down and gone, you know what, this, this and this could have happened. But yeah. I won't, I won't put it on him, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> it is, yeah, I, I've always someone that's... that. I'm someone that's at times had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. want to listen. You know, I don't want to, I don't like, and also if you're not really explaining stuff to me in full, full detail, mm. I won't listen mm. because you're not telling me anything. It's a little bit like what you were saying earlier, how you like to make a decision yourself on something and then consult, you know, your family after. And I think, I think there's a lot to be said about you going out in life and making your own mistakes and learning your own lessons. because what might have not worked, say, for your dad or your mum or anyone else might work for you and the other way around, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like half of it is like luck like luck and skill anyway. So it's a little bit like, you know, by me saying don't do that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's better off that at least you doing exactly what you felt was right. Yeah. Then it's like, then you haven't not necessarily got anyone else to blame, but it's all on you. You made that decision. You did it. You, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I shouldn't have listened to that person or I shouldn't have. Well, that's what I mean. So it's like, yeah, it's, you know, you can only be angry at yourself at the end of mm. it, which is shit but good in them situations. But yeah, that, that kind of basically didn't end up working. Right. For, you know, for a few different reasons. Mm. So I ended up closing that down and I had the other, I mean, my other huge passion outside of barbering and tattoos and art and stuff is music. Um, I've played guitar most of my life. I don't know if you remember in school That's me sick. playing guitar and stuff, but I played guitar for most of my life. I had at that point I had a lot of friends that were rappers or singers or were in bands or whatever. Um, and I had this space now that I wanted to use. And I don't know if you've ever seen a thing on YouTube called Tiny Desk, where it's it's kind of like an office setting where they um, that's a part of a radio station and they bring people in. They bring oh, bands oh, and really? artists yeah, yeah, yeah. in, and yeah. they set up an acoustic set, and they play. Well, vibes in there. Yeah, and it's just like cameras are set up, and it's just like a YouTube channel. Oh, so I was like, sick. We could. That's what we. That's what I can do in a basement. But what happened was, <laughs> I did a. I did a few parties in the shop, a few big parties, and they're both upstairs and downstairs. And there was this like whole. Everyone was like, oh, it's like a speakeasy. You go in the barbershop and you go downstairs, and there's like this party place, and. I had a little bar down there and stuff and the bar was making money and I had friends that were in A&R in like, you know, big music positions. They were like, this would be a sick little music spot like a, like for listening parties and for club nights and stuff. And they were like, you could kill it. So I was like, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Like, cool, I'll <laughs> do that it. because I didn't have a videographer uh, with loads of cameras. I didn't have the... Um, yeah, it just, I thought I've got to build up a YouTube channel from from the start, which I commend you for trying to do um, because that's thank I was you. in that position. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was in that position. I was just like, you know what? I've seen money from the bar. I'm just going to throw parties down here, man. Like do my, get my license, get my license in that I needed to get, 
um, so which is like a personal license, which then allows me to apply for tens, which are temporary events notices. So then I just apply for them every time I want to do a party. Had a little bar there, which you could put anyone behind because it wasn't like cocktails. Um, and bro, I was just killing it every party. Wow. Every party that I yeah, why you? Yeah, man. Was just going off. And then like teaming up with friends that had other friends that were DJs that had other friends that would come to the parties and all of our friends would come and you just have like loads yeah. of people queuing outside the barber shop well, at night time it was all guest list tried to keep it all above board like nothing got rowdy or they, you know nothing was naughty was going on they were all like above board licensed party events wicked yeah you know I mean we'd push all the barber chairs back oh, like, right, clear all yeah, the perishables yeah. so no one could yeah. stab someone <laughs> do you know what I mean so upstairs is like room one so everyone, if you want to chat and talk, we've just got the, the barbershop sound system going on upstairs. Um, the N64, I don't know if you've, you've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N64 yeah. at the front. So that, that with the sofa, people were playing that. Smoking areas out the front. And then the club and the bar and the dance floor and everything is downstairs. Yeah, man. And the parties would go off. I think we threw like, well, I, I threw like 13 or 14 last year. Not being as on it this year just because they get late, man. And I just, I can't. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. I know. Especially, yeah. Um, Especially if you're working the next day, though, right? I mean, would yeah. you normally do it on a Saturday? Or? Yeah, man. I mean, some days. Now now I do. I just do four days. I do four very long days a week. Okay. I have, and I have my weekends off. Oh, nice. And that's my schedule now. Yeah, yeah. But before, yeah, I mean, I was just, again, just not thinking. <laughs> like working a whole day, having a few hours to like shit, eat and buy some drinks for the club or, or do, you know, tie up the loose ends and then back downstairs for a party that's going to go yeah on that's a, it's a lot three in the morning that's a lot yeah, yeah man it was it was a lot so uh, as much as they were all star all the parties are staffed do you know what I mean it's, it's a whole team there but I still felt like I need to be there mm. you know I mean I couldn't let these parties run without me there because they were parties at the end of the day I had like up to 100 people down there wow some events. is that how so, many people you could fit there yeah yeah hundreds of cap yeah I wouldn't do anymore I think 110 was like the most we've ever had and it was like everyone <laughs> yeah it was sick though, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but like anything could go wrong, you, do you know what I mean? 100%. Luckily, luckily we had really good people and a really good crowd every party in Touchwood that continues to happen. But I, I never felt like I could leave it and let someone else close yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Like, this was my baby upstairs and, yeah. you know, things yeah. need to be managed and people need to be managed still and there still needs to be like a, this floor manager, do you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, but it's, it's, it was it was great, but... The next project I've got for it is going to be even better. Because you, um, you, you on your synopsis you wrote the next project. Yeah, is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the message that I sent you. Yeah. Is it? Are you? Um, is, are you keeping it under wraps at the minute, or do you want to share? Um... It depends when this is going to go out. <laughs> so probably in a. It's, it's, we're about three weeks lead time at the minute. So oh, is it? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it'd um, be. Uh, it'll probably be in October now. I imagine. Mm. Uh. It's, it's, it's a long... I won't say what it is, just in case. I don't want to... It's a surprise. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, also, yeah. like, it's not done yet. Do you know what I mean? It's just plans. Um, but it's along the same lines as the of what it already is, but just a much more polished version of it. Nice. Um, and, a lo and, and, and actually a, and a full-time version of it as well. So whereas the parties that I do at the moment down there are um, sporadic. They're not every Saturday. I could only do these on Saturdays as well. Um, 
because of the mess that it makes and the arrangement of the sh- rearrangement of the shop that it takes. Mm. So I would only ever do these parties Saturday nights. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I, need, yeah. I need the Sunday to do a damage control and to move everything. It's, that's back. a lot. It's a lot, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So I would never do it the night before. We've got to do a day at the a day in the shop. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas this next project is going to be a little bit calmer. Um, it won't allow for as many people, and it's going to be yeah uh, more full time, like a Thursday to Saturday type thing. Maybe a few more as we'll see as it goes on, but yeah, man, it's exciting. It's it sounds exciting. it sounds exciting to yeah. be fair. And it's like you know you said With all the moves you're making. You 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 asked me like about opening a new shop, and I'm like I need to conquer this premises first. Do you know what I mean? I was, I'm in no rush. Like Rome weren't built in the day. I think cuts and bruises is still very much. Um, it's it's only just Growing. got its identity yeah, in the last yeah, few yeah. years. Yeah. Even though it may have seemed like a really strong brand, mm. I think in terms of like what sort of what do we want this to be and what mm. is what will it be and like the people that come in and out of the shop both barbers and clients will always dictate that so you can't say what it is right at the start like you've got to, you've got to take your time just and build flow. it and yeah man and just and just see how it goes and see what kind of people you approach like the rocket guys they they've got like seven shops now have they yeah all of the, all of the guys not including myself but including myself because I was the first one to open a shop with with these boys but the all of that original team from that Hackney Road shop, they've all got a shop now. Really? Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. just so fortunate that these boys have met people that uh, that they were confident to open a shop with. Mm. Whereas I've had so, some, I've had guys that are definitely yeah. not capable of opening shops and then some that wanted to go and just do it by themselves. There's a, there's a lot to be said though about trusting yourself as well as other people. Mm. And, I, and I think... Um, as you kind of go through this journey, one of the, you've already been doing it as well, where you like go to other barber shops and train people. It's like really giving your staff the best version of chem mm. so that there's like mini use running about. So then you can actually grow and expand. Yeah. Um, and I think like you have to kind of like, you've you got to keep working on that. And it's no easy task because it's a lot easier to control your own behaviors than it is other people's. Mm. But, if you do ever want to decide to scale something, then having everyone underneath you share them core values is is fundamental. So like what you were saying earlier, you don't dilute it. Mm. Like Exactly. You've got to keep it strong. And mm. it's um it's weird. Barbershops aren't that cookie cutter. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like a it's not like a McDonald's burger with an easy system. No, exactly. It's the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're yeah, talking no. about individuals. Good quality haircuts. Different, diff- yeah, but different personalities, different types of people, different, you know, everyone's got their way of doing things. Everyone's trying to be individuals, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like you've got, that's a really, can be quite a hard thing to manage sometimes. Yeah. Like managing people, I'm, as I'm sure. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's like almost like a special Special kind of hell, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, if, I get if you. you. Can, if you can I do understand. it well, it's like a huge skill. Yeah, I, th- I think what I did learn was that there's more than one ways to skin a cat. There's like, yeah. there's more than one way to get to the end goal. And just because it isn't exactly the same way that I would do it, doesn't mean that that way doesn't work at all. Yeah, for I, th- I think that's kind of how I've perceived it in the end. Because sometimes I'll be honest with you, I've my head's so cluttered that they might find an even better way to get to that that end goal than I could like foresee. So you're giving giving people that kind of trust to be creative in a space as well helps them kind of grow and, and yeah, really yeah. kind of get bought into mm. to what's happening. Mm. 
So, so actually, I've got a, uh, like one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like, what's your motive? Like, what is it? Why do you do? Funny that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Coincidence. <laughs> like, why? What is it? Like, why is it you do what you do? Um, I think it just it just makes me happy, man. I don't I don't know. I, I know it's a pretty vague answer, but I don't know. I've I've always found a certain solace in cutting hair and talking to people, be it strangers or old friends. You know, like especially as as I've got older. Like at first, it was like the craft. It was like really perfecting this craft. Can I, I want to be the best fade that anyone's ever had. Do you know what I mean? Or the best haircut that anyone's ever had. Or just the best service in terms of like making someone feel comfortable in, in this environment. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. wanting to come back. And, you know, then the, 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 the recognition you get for doing that and stuff. Um, it, personally, it's never been the money. Like it, that's definitely not something that's ever motivated me. M- money I've always seen come if I'm doing what I'm doing right. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 100%. it can be a great byproduct if you concentrate on the right things. Yeah, that's fair. If you concentrate on the money, it will never be enough. Mm. Right? Because why would it? Mm. You know, if that's your goal, what number is the one where you go? Okay, cool. I've yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. It's, it's never, it's never ending. It doesn't. Ha- it doesn't work like that. Mm. The mentality of it doesn't work like that. That's why you got to put your passion in the right place and then let the rest follow. Yeah, you got to just make sure you're doing a, whatever it is you're doing. Just make sure you're doing it the best that you can. Mm. And if the best you can rewards you heavily, or you know handsomely, whatever, like it's then Fair there's game. your there's your answers. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that I think the community of the barbershop, I think the you know being able to manage manage people and teach as well is is like a huge um it's like a huge compliment yeah well. honor as well yeah, yeah it's quite man. a privilege like yeah for people to want to Massive. come and learn and stuff from me i'm mm. like that's really nice mm. it's really nice that they put me in that category of people um and yeah and now it's to like i suppose make a like make a nice living out of and and also, and also, just like carry on doing the projects and stuff like this. This basement side hustle thing is, I love it. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know I mean, it's it's, it sounds stress, exciting. It's not a stress nah. for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like I've I've, I've sunk loads of money into each that thing yeah. that's happened, and I've always profited or broken even at least. Yeah, yeah. I've never been at a loss, so that's always great. But like each project's got a bit bigger, um, and yeah, we'll see. I think this one, this this one's be the biggest one yet but it will like, it sounds exciting yeah man it sounds exciting it'll be good I'm looking wait, I hope wait. that's answered your question isn't yeah it? yeah it did no 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 you did I, I, I definitely um, heard the, heard like some bits that were quite important to me actually um, so when do we actually find out about your project uh, probably once I've confirmed like builders and stuff right okay okay now I'm looking forward to hearing which about will be, it yeah which will be um, hopefully by the end of the year yeah yeah exciting yeah. man Looking forward to hearing about it. But Ken, thank you for coming on today, man. I really enjoyed your story. Appreciate you. Like, yeah, thank you, brother. And um, yeah, we'll have to um, we'll have to run it again at some point after yeah. this project uh, happens. <laughs> Big luck, man. Thank you.